Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This week on Off Tackle Empire. This week, it's the second podcast of the week. Today on Off Tackle Empire. This week's Big Ten slate is fresh from the dumpster behind the diner. And look. This Maryland-Minnesota game is, is perfectly good. Hardly any blemishes on it. Hey, wh- 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 where are you going? Where are you going? This is a, this is a good piece. i got to move this. Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's Off Tackle Empire. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire, where we're going to preview week eight, but before we do... Wow, do we have some stuff to talk about last week. We could spend this entire segment of the, re- of the review, non-comment section, talking about Tennessee and all this. So, obviously, the continuing story today is that Tennessee fans losing their cool, throwing shit on the field... That part is the main story, but first of all, I think it has to be said at this point that, you know, the Lane Kiffin redemption arc thing we've touched on a few times this season was definitely a little tongue-in-cheek at first, but I have to admit, I'm coming to genuinely like the guy. Like, he's getting interviewed. I've honestly, I, I came around to that when he was at FAU because, you know, he was a career jumper when he was very young and he got some... He got himself into some situations that were maybe not ideal, but, like, when you look at some of the people he was up against, okay, like, he left Tennessee to to coach the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean... Or, no, it wasn't Tennessee to go to USC. Oh, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee to go to USC. Tennessee was after he got fired from the Raiders. Yeah. So, like, that was a little bit shitty, but also that was kind of where his coaching roots were. Yeah. It's, um, well, the it's, Raiders thing, of course, people didn't like him because you, that was back when you didn't like... Uh, young people coach as head coach in the NFL, whereas now youth is like a positive quality as an NFL coach. Where like if you're young, it's like okay, look, he's not very good at any of these things in coaching, but he's young, which means he might get better. Yeah. So your your idea is maybe we're hiring a Mike Tomlin kind of guy here. So you know when you look at Lane Kiffin's adversaries, Al Davis, are you gonna side with late stage Al Davis? Are you gonna side with uh, with Pat Hayden? Decided with anybody who has ever worked for Tennessee. I mean, honestly, yeah, I really liked Lane Kiffin at FAU. Um, of course, you know, going Darryl stealing Hattie. recruits from Big Ten schools. Well, yeah, and Devin Singletary was a lot of fun to watch there, so that kind of helped. I, mean, I also liked, you know, they asked him about his chance against Oklahoma, and he refused to uh, to give a coach speaking answer. He was just like. No, they're gonna kill us. Like they just got, <laughs> they got, they got much better athletes on both sides of the ball. I yeah. mean, you know, what can we learn from that game? It's kind of limited, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, obviously we see what we can do against a team like that, but there comes a point when you get down so much. You know, he just gave these very candid answers. Yeah. I mean, the guy's only like what? He's in his like mid late forties. Forties, yeah. He's he's old enough that he no longer looks like Daniel Tosh. Yes, that's true. That is true. Um, 
But no, I mean, I, you know, obviously part of the reason that he got all these jobs is because he's a good football coach. Yeah, um, and I mean, it helps to be the son of a legend of the game, too, but... Yeah. yeah but, he, he, but that's had, the reason that he keeps getting work, is my point. Right, and... <laughs> which is going to make it all the more tragic that his team is determined to give him a Widowmaker heart attack. I don't think he's ever going to play in a game decided by more than five or six points. And the other thing I hope is that he keeps that golf ball that uh, was you know chucked at him on the field. Because apparently the Tennessee-Philadelphia <coughs> relationship is stronger than we realized. And then he like, mounts it in his visor like a circlet or something. Like a, like a, <laughs> like a big-ass ruby or diamond that a king would wear in his jeweled headband oh maybe it's just one of it, no maybe he he has an infinity gauntlet okay <laughs> so the first stone is a big is a neon yellow golf ball i mean that would be very tennessee of him i guess uh so, <laughs> so. well i mean i mean you know then you have the, the whole alabama thing where like i guess he was very horny at alabama well okay being really horny in the sec is not really an uncommon thing. I don't know if you've heard the latest on Coach O. Coach O, extremely horny, apparently. That part of his ouster. You know, at the very least, okay, being regular horny will probably get you fired, or at least in some trouble with your boss. But, like, being horny for sharks will get you fired. Uh, being being so horny that you have to go out for strippers in the middle of a, of a, of a booster thing like Mike Price at Alabama, and then the strippers <laughs> recognize you. I mean, I mean, that's not normal horny, okay? Lane Kiffin was normal horny. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And so... Oh, there's plenty of things wrong with that, but it's not the worst thing you can do. Sure. sure. <laughs> and, I mean, the this is the kind of event where I do wish that I had a better access to Twitter other than what other people choose to put in front of me, because... There's, of course, the thing where Pat Forty tweets, you know, quick commentary, like, you know, Joe Milton literally runs out the time on the game, not even the worst thing that happened, Tennessee fans' behavior was reprehensible or whatever. Something to that effect. I'm not quoting directly. And some, some host at a Knoxville sports station says, Pat Forty, you're banned, bro. Don't even know if you'd ever want to come here. Probably try big timers, but, you know, I got all indignant about it. And it's like, bud, I, your fans acted like a bunch of barbarians. <laughs> 40 was completely within his right. And it's just, talk about giving more oxygen to his story. Um, because there's just a complete lack of institutional responsibility at all levels in this country. And so now, entities like radio stations that in the past would have been like, guys, come on, that's out of line, you can't do that. Or like, no, actually it was perfectly good, the rest were bad. And so you were allowed to throw shit at the opposing coach and players. That's perfectly legit. And anyone who says yeah, otherwise is not welcome here. That's the thing, okay? The place where I've seen people defending that behavior, the, the biggest example of that has been in that Browns game where they went back and reviewed uh, something that happened like after a couple of plays had already been snapped. <laughs> and they were throwing bottles at and only at the refs. <laughs> and it was determining a playoff spot, right? There's ever a place for it. That's the place. This wasn't that place. No, no. You're throwing golf balls at uh, at a coach. But let's talk about how it actually went down because Ole Miss ran over a hundred plays and only managed thirty-one points. That's remarkable. Remarkable that you run over hundred plays and only score five times. And one of those is a field goal. They ran Matt Corral, who's generally you think of him basically 
as one of these wide open air raids slinging around quarterbacks, right? They they had him run it thirty times. Chase Brown had fewer than thirty carries when when he went off for two hundred sixty against Charlotte. Well, the Corral almost got two hundred on the ground. He <laughs> was. I got to almost exactly two hundred. Very understandable that they kept running him that much, but it's still like, uh, man, all this is a lot of fun to watch. I, it's it's strange the way that you end up gravitating to certain people in sports, but. At Lane Kiffin's a very easy guy to root for as a, as like a sane human being following college sports because there's still, there's no you know you know what he is he's about as far in the other direction as the previous head coach at Ole Miss not Matt Luke the the previous real head coach at Ole Miss yeah yeah you know he's very much the opposite of that guy in that there's no artifice with him anymore. And he comes off as so much more genuine because of it. Even though the yeah. stuff that he's saying is not... Like, nobody's going to give him as much praise for the substance of the words he's saying, but he actually means it. <clears throat> well, I mean, like, you know, he got he got skewered for just saying in a pregame interview against Alabama, I don't know, he got a pretty big play sheet, you know, you get your popcorn ready. Then everyone was like, oh, Lane Kiffin makes boast. And then he's like, I don't know, man, I was being interviewed on the field before a game, I just thought I'd say something fun. <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> We talked about this oh, before. I think we're gonna lose bad. We talked about this before, but it's just yeah. It, it the we watch football for entertainment. The, man. In, the indignation mill of guys like Jim Rome who are like, bro, that is how your team gets obliterated on the field is when you go and disrespect the tide like that. Because he said, I think the game might be kind of interesting. Like that's, that's I think it might be fun said. to watch. Yeah, I just, man. Anyway, we've been through that before, but yet another. Um, absolute circus, and again, like again, pretty much from now on, Ole Miss is gonna be in the hopper for standby watching. If whatever you happen to be looking at is not interesting, so the other thing that we had to talk about with that was the end of the game, um, which was of course where uh, Hendon Hooker, another transfer quarterback, finally got hurt right at the end of the game. And it was Joe Milton time. And boy, was it a Joe Milton of a time. Which is to say, he got in the game, they moved the play ball a little bit down the field, they're in position to take a shot at the end zone, and with time winding down, he crosses the line of scrimmage without throwing the ball and then runs out of bounds. And he ran out of bounds. as that, like, like By the time he took off running, the time was out. There were three seconds left on the ball. So yeah. first thing he did was he, he, he took his three-step drop, <clears throat> he looked... And then he just kind of bounced to his right into a couple of his linemen for no apparent reason. <laughs> exactly what Brandon Peters did at the end against Purdue, I think. Yeah, yeah. Purdue or Maryland probably did against both. And then he ran out by this point, right, clocks, clocks at zero, and he, he runs. I don't even think he got the first down. Not that it would have mattered. He might have, but again, as you said, but totally, totally irrelevant because there's no time left. So. What I saw was just all these tweets from people saying that Tennessee needs to stop throwing things. And Joe Milton, I guess, had his phone on him. Because he sure did stop throwing things. Yeah. Anyway, wow, that's a lot of time we just spent talking about Ole Miss football, but... It was the most interesting game of the weekend by a mile. I think maybe the most interesting game of the year so far. Well, again, Ole Miss has games left, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, that's true. Um, quick check on the Texas' back-o-meter, and yep, mid-October. Yep. Uh... They went up against a team with a pretty good defense, but still managed to get out to a pretty big lead against them. And then what happened? <laughs> the Texas yep. defense took the field. So, uh, yeah. Oklahoma State is 7-0. and 
Yeah, and they're not a top 10 team, and Michigan State's now number 7, which is preposterous. That is preposterous for the same reasons that we've discussed, which is not necessarily that there's no evidence that Michigan State is good, but just that who, who have they played that's going to finish the season ranked? Yeah, and they're, they'll probably still end up losing at least three games, and uh, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get us too far off track there because we would talk about that quite a bit, but... So, yeah, in an Oklahoma. absolutely preposterous thing that happened, uh, Oregon escaped Cal 24-17 uh, to drop Cal to 1-5. and Why would you do them like that? Like, if you're going to beat Cal as number 9 <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> could Friday. you at least have the decency to just put it away quickly? And on Friday night, when presumably more people than usual are watching, because there's not a wash of 100 other games you can choose... So that did happen. Two ranked SEC teams lost to unranked opponents. Surely that may, oh well, actually they're all just gonna be ranked now. Okay, cool, fine. Um, and then elsewhere in the SEC, we had uh, Tyrion Davis Price paying his debts, evidently as you know further proof that Baton Rouge is just French for King's Landing. Because after LSU <clears throat> had a thrilling shootout win over Florida, the news leaks that. LSU and Ed Ogeron are agreeing to separate after the season, after a win over a ranked opponent. Like, who gets the kids? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that, because and maybe this shows how quickly my mind has dived all the way back into, oh yeah, big time program, baby. Because the first thing I thought of was Mel Tucker's head photoshopped onto the Spice Adams meme where he's peeking out from behind the tree in the yellow suit, licking his lips eyeballing LSU's roster and then I was like wait but LSU's athletic director might also be looking at Tucker like that in the same meme so you know could go either way but yeah I'd be lying if after that news broke I wasn't like well let's take a look at ooh I'll tell you what. a lot of blue chips the last couple classes yeah I'll tell you what recruit replace the entire Illinois roster minus a few guys with the entire LSU roster and Brett Bielema might just have my interest again so <laughs> Other things that certainly happened were, you know, Georgia won another game, but uh, 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 an SEC, no, a Pac-12 team was ranked and then lost. And then they were And yeah. then they weren't. Um, Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas was one of those that lost. Uh, Dave Clemson Dave trying. Aranda, yeah, I think I think Dave Aranda's probably got his choice this offseason of the USC or LSU jobs, depending on whether he wants to move. Clemson trying awfully hard to lose to Syracuse again. Yeah, that was one of those games I was scrolling through the scores earlier, and it does not look like ESPN wrote a recap of that game. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. There's no need. There's no need. 17-14, which, you know, a scoring explosion for Clemson. Uh, Syracuse is 3-4, which is is one win better than Illinois. Uh, I think the the, the shittiest Dino Babers Syracuse team would be the best Illinois team since we passed on him, but that's a story for another day, is it not? When did you pass on him? <coughs> 2015. Okay, so the question there to me would be, are we assuming that the best lobby team is meeting Syracuse in a bowl? Because if that's the case, you would definitely lose. Well, or, or, or are you meeting him with bowl eligibility already locked up? Because again, how about in a dome though? Okay, because again, we beat Purdue because it monsooned. Uh. We beat Michigan State because it was basically a, a it was basically a, a collection of all of the weather karma 
coming back on Michigan State in one game that didn't really matter. That's the only way I can explain all of the ridiculously improbable things that happened. Mm, I disagree, but we've been over that, so I'm not going to get into it. We have indeed. So, I don't know. Is there anything else uh, left to talk about? At Pitt's 5-1, and 2-0 in the ACC. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, hold on. Hold on. I never know what the divisions are. Pitt-Wake Forest ACC championship game? Um, I'm pretty sure Pitt's in the Coastal, and I think Wake's in the Atlantic. I think that's on the table. Pitt-Wake Forest ACC championship game. You heard it right here. Hang on. Let's see if this is actually a thing that can happen, because now I've got to know. What I, what I know is that Clemson's in the Atlantic, so is Florida State, and <coughs> that's all that I know. <laughs> um, yep, Pitt's in the Coastal, Atlantic right now. Um, Wake Forest is 4-0, and NC State is 2-0 in conference because of scheduling weirdness. But no other... T- so, the other teams in the Coastal... Virginia Tech is 1-1. One and one. Every other team has at least two losses in Pitt's division. They're going to the ACC title game. Oh, my God. <laughs> and again, Kenny Pickett's the best quarterback in the ACC by a mile. By a mile. So, I tell me this isn't the year that Pat Narduzzi breaks through and with, like, they're going to have, they're going to go and they're not going to have to play a good Clemson. Like, this is the year if there's going to be one for him. Liberty Liberty has a schedule that is so soft that they're five and two despite being bad enough to lose to Monroe. Yeah, fuck those guys. Um, and I swore another interesting thing happened. UConn held off a rally from Yale to win a game in the Sickos matchup of the week. They barely managed ha, three. Yes. <laughs> yes, they barely managed three yards per carry against an FCS team. Not a very good one. And they needed a three nothing turnover margin to win by six points. So, <laughs> and Florida is the only team in FBS in Florida with a winning record, and barely <laughs> so. because uh, Miami lost forty two forty five to UNC, but we're trailing about like twenty eight to ten at one point. So basically, they got they got to have one of those games where you occasionally go through as a fan, where in the first half you're going through the emotions of oh my god, getting our asses kicked on national television. Oh my god, you just talk about the future of the program and how bleak it is. And then you get to go through. Oh my God, we could have won this game. So you get, you get, you get your ass kicked and heartbroken in one game. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. <sighs> Plenty of interesting stuff around the country last week is all we're saying, and it's a good thing because you might need to let that coast for a while. Because boy, the schedule this week in the Big Ten. So we've got buys for Iowa, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Michigan State, and of the teams that are playing. The three power teams, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, are in games that are unlikely to challenge them. And then the other games involve Wisconsin and Maryland. So anywhere you look, there's a pretty good prospect that these games are not going to be great. But let's go through It's kind of like a little uh, more detail. We talk about the way that they do those severe weather probabilities where it's like, you know, when you say 15% severe weather probability, like what that means is in this area, anywhere you are within 25 miles of you, there's a 15% chance of there being severe weather. So anywhere yeah. you are on this Saturday, <laughs> there's there's a, there's a like a significant chance that the game you're watching is bad. Yeah. So we'll go through these one at a time and see if we can find a navigable path for you to safety. So in the noon slate of the Big Ten, Illinois at Penn State. We're not going to score. Next. Right. The, the only question... No. 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 Yes. Yeah, 31 nothing minimum. 
if Roberson's their quarterback, you really think that? Uh, Graham Mertz was the quarterback we faced last time. It was a different coach. It was a different <laughs> scheme. It was a different team. Um, you sit there and, and sulk that. I'm going to talk about this game a little bit. So we don't. I don't think we know yet what Sean Clifford's status is. Probably fair to say that Roberson will make a lot of progress with a full week of QB one snaps. Penn State's defense also did lose PJ Mustafer for the season. That's a big loss. What I'm saying is, you get maybe, like John McKay on. What I'm three four plane crashes and we're in the Big Ten title game. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this could be a zero zero game well into the early stages of the second quarter. So anyway. <laughs> Again, but we're not going to score. Is the problem there? Not on purpose. Not not unless there's a not on offense. Not unless there's an incident of some kind. Yes, I would probably agree with that. <coughs> so elsewhere, I'm gonna when I scheduled when I put this together, most of the times hadn't been announced yet. So let me go back and make sure I'm not. Northwestern at Michigan feels like a nooner. I'm pretty sure it is, but I'm. I'd like to get things accurate here, just in case people really want it. It is indeed a nooner. So. The line uh, Jobby Nooner, except everyone's got clothes, so all the old people have clothes. I don't understand why anyone would... Anyway, um, the, the line in this game is currently Michigan giving 21 and a half, so that ought to tell you what credit Northwestern gets for that win over Rutgers, and again, it, probably about right, honestly. Like, this is a line you could consider taking. About all you could say is that Northwestern does usually get their footing a little bit as the season goes on, but they've seemed like a pretty low-ceiling outfit so far this year. Oh, by the way, the line for the Penn State-Illinois game was uh, 23.5 to the Nittany Lions. So... I guess guess the question is just how much does Penn State score, because Illinois could score as many as three if they recover a fumble in field goal range and then kick on first down. Well, you know, but you know, you saw them going for it late in field goal range against Wisconsin for no apparent reason, just wanting to ensure that I got to see my first fucking shutout in my life. Yeah, and I I don't think we're gonna know whether Clifford is able to go. The most recent update I see is from a couple days ago, and the headline is Franklin deflects from injury to Clifford. So. He ain't going to tell you. Coaches never tell you, and they shouldn't. I understand that. You're going to come out in a stair raid offense? It's like the air raid, but you stare down one receiver, and then you get nervous and bail out of the pocket and throw it out of bounds. <laughs> did you come up with that yourself? I did. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so anyway, reportedly Roberson and Christian View, another backup quarterback, are splitting reps. The Penn State may not even go with the guy who played last week. I'm trying to find ways to Christian make Christian View... I think I'm saying that right. It sounds like a magazine. It's very French. I don't know. It, it's V-E-I-L-L-E-U-X. I'm pretty sure that's how you would say that. Yeah. Anywho, not clear what the quarterback situation is going to be for Penn State. It is a little bit of yeah. a rebound game in that they had a bye to think about that loss to Iowa. You would expect they'll still be focused because, again, with the loss being cross-divisional, the Big Ten Championship is still in front of you if you simply win out. Illinois also had a buy. We spent it recruiting. How'd that go? I have no idea, but it couldn't have gone any worse than game planning. I mean... True. I mean, yeah. We had a buy after that week against Wisconsin. What are we going to do to improve our team? The only thing we can do... Get different players. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's mean, but fair. 
So all hopefully they is, were looking at quarterbacks. All of which is to say, I don't have much to say about Northwestern and Michigan either. Um, this is not a game Michigan should have much trouble with. I think this you, you basically try to get through this game without any significant injuries. I'll tell you what this game's going to look like. It's going to look like Northwestern playing Rutgers. Except, yeah, so... Michigan West. is Northwestern. Okay, all right, all right. Northwestern is Rutgers. I didn't, I didn't make that connection at first, but yes, I think that that's probably, probably roughly true. That being said, I, you know, Northwestern has definitely yielded more explosive plays than they typically do. I think you're going to look for Michigan to try to put some stuff on tape to make Michigan State think about it. I mean. Not, not that Michigan State's going to think about anything else over this bye week if Mel Tucker has any idea what he's doing. But anyway, that concludes the noon slate for the week. Again, being by season, we have kind of a shorter schedule, so you can choose from the smorgasbord of options here and Penn State slaughtering Illinois, or over here we have Michigan slaughtering Northwestern, and that's all. If you're asking to choose one of those to be competitive, it's going to be Michigan-Northwestern only because... Michigan's probably going to plot a bit on offense. Um, and probably. Northwestern might be able to string together small drives before they punt. I mean, the, the Illinois against Wisconsin was the bleakest offensive performance I've ever seen. Yeah. Speaking of Wisconsin, they have a 3 p.m. kick at Purdue, newly ranked Purdue. And so the angles here are pretty easy to see. Wisconsin has steadied themselves a little bit with a couple of wins here, but <coughs> still very limited through the air. Purdue coming off a huge emotional win, national profile type of thing. How do you avoid a letdown here? Again, Purdue being 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, no reason they can't win the West. Well, the thing is, they are not the same as Iowa. Uh, Wisconsin likes to run more power O, whereas yeah. Iowa's more outside zone. So it depends. I mean, if, if Purdue can do well against both of those things, then we need to be talking about Purdue as Big Ten West title contenders because if, yeah. they, can, if they really can shut down both of those looks then that means they can shut down most of the league. Yeah, and then, <laughs> of course, the interesting thing, as we expected a couple weeks ago, if Purdue wins this game, suddenly the tiebreaker Minnesota holds over them becomes very important, <laughs> as we expected in the Big Ten West before last week's games, right? I'm actually, This is going to be an interesting game because, uh, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of people think that Wisconsin and Iowa are two sides of the same coin. They're kind of a little bit like, uh, you know... Starting from the same point, but you but you specced into slightly different skill sets. Yeah, pretty much. So I actually think Wisconsin might have a little easier time moving the ball. I mean, their offense has been better than Iowa's. It's just that they keep turning the ball over. Their offense has been better down to down than Iowa's yeah, this year, but they just keep turning the ball over. So that is true, and I honestly think outside, outside the context of the turnovers, which help a lot. Wisconsin's defense is also rugged, and Purdue quietly found considerable space on the ground with King Doru against Iowa last week. I don't think they're going to get much on the ground at all against Wisconsin, and so I guess the question there is, is Aiden O'Connell able to repeat his performance? Um, Wisconsin is a road favorite in this game, but... Despite Purdue being involved in it, the over-under here is lower than games involving Northwestern and Illinois. So, yeah, the over-under here is 38. In Michigan, what? Michigan Northwestern, it's 50. Penn State, Illinois is 46.5. And if that under hits, I, 
hard time seeing how it's uh, Purdue. Well, keep in mind, I think Purdue that Wisconsin did, will move the ball. Keep in mind, Purdue did score 13 <clears throat> points twice before that game against Iowa. So. Yeah, but David Bell's back. That is true. That is true. So, you know, very complicated game. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. Probably going to be the most interesting one of the day, though, because the other afternoon slate game you have is Maryland and Minnesota, two teams that are both 4-2 and two technically. I don't know. I think that game could be more interesting than you're giving it credit for. Or last year this game was really silly, although last year doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, but also Mo Ibrahim was healthy in that game. Minnesota had the most hilariously disastrous kicking game in recent Big Ten history, really. Um. Yes, more so than current Nebraska, bud. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty alarming. Yeah. And so some of those issues are is gonna be different. Um it's it's one of those things, man. You look at the preview of this game and you know ESPN has the players to watch, meaning here are the guys with the most numbers. Trey Potts and Dante Demas are both listed there, man. That's uh, a real bummer. I mean, oh, understandably, understandably so, because it's gonna be a while before anybody eclipses those numbers. Well, Rakeem Jarrett might not be too far off. Yeah, I don't know what his total stats on the year are. Yeah, I think obviously Maryland certainly faces less tough assignments uh, for their offense than they've had the last few times out. Yeah, for sure. I, you understand this defense is substantially worse than Iowa and Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. And from Maryland's perspective on defense, I think as long as you make sure Chris Altman Bell doesn't get behind you, you're free to key on the running game in Bryce Williams because you know they're going to give it to him between 25 and 35 times. What you're saying is really the main component of this game comes down to can Maryland contain Crab? Yes, must must keep Crab in front of you at all times. Yes, so you must, think in theory that Maryland... Unless he get behind you. Yeah, and then and then then he'd be able to move. Well, you got to watch out for his lateral explosiveness. That's the key thing. And uh, yeah, you do, you definitely don't want him to be able to, to to pinch the defense there. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm just making things up. <laughs> so no, 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 he's got way more lateral quickness than you think. And if any team can can contain Crab, it is Maryland. Yeah, the line reflects about. He is, what I however, have. a seasoned veteran. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got it all out. You got it, it feels. It kind of feels like it's like you. It's like when you're you like you were throwing up, and it's just like at the end, it's like, am I done? <laughs> nope, one more, and then and it just keeps coming. So. The line of this game vomiting shitty crab yeah, jokes. The line of this game basically reflects about what I think it is, which is that Minnesota's a slightly better team. They're favored by five. That bakes in the home advantage of typically around three points. I think Minnesota probably wins. They're the better team. They're on a little bit of a roll. Not dramatically so, though. And we'll see if at some point Maryland gets used to life after Demas or if this is just what their offense is now. And if that's the case, that's another pretty convincing exhibit in the case of Mike Loxley not actually being much of a coach and being more <clears throat> the guy who needs to run a program like James Franklin except his coordinators aren't that good. Yeah, I mean it's it's well, I've seen it before with Ron Zook. The problem is going to be he's just going to have to keep performing to a reasonable level and he's going to have to get to a bull. Basically, if he goes 3 and 9 with 21 eventual NFL starters, that's when people are going to stop listening to him. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm serious. I mean, I'm going to have to continue to show signs of forward progress because the second, 
the second his program starts to serious, you know, starts to seriously fall off as far as, okay, well, now we're not as good as we were before, but the talent is better. Why not? That's when the high school kids are going to start questioning him. Yeah, like, why should I play for you if, with better talent, you can't get as good a result as the guy your school fired before you get? So, um, all right, and then to wrap up the Big Ten. CJ Fedorowicz was the first domino. I forgot all about that guy. Yeah. Yeah, career shortened by concussions, if I remember, right? Yeah. Texans for a while and then just kind of retired early. Yeah, the Polish hat. What a a name, first of all, (laughs) um, for a tight end. But, (laughs) boy... That's a trip into that. Remember that guy machine. Gosh. So, last game of the Big Ten slate is the third one of the week with a line of more than three scores. Ohio State going to Indiana and giving 19 points. Um, highest over-under, I think, of the week in 60. Yeah, by a pretty wide margin, which is Feels a little, like a little odd. going to be the year that it happens. Uh, it meaning Indiana beating Ohio State? No. Yeah, no, just, just feels... I don't quite think so um the, the dilemma here is you know for us do you take a look at any of ohio state skill players i don't think you do because i don't think notwithstanding the fact that indiana has to be absolutely flattened out two and four start oh and three in the <clears> conference <throat> already lost to michigan state penn state iowa um notwithstanding all those things keep in mind that even with as bad as the Penn State game got, for example, it was still 24-0. That was the final score. Iowa, the score only got as wide as it did because of defensive touchdowns. This Indiana defense is still for real. And it, uh, by the way, something I didn't even mention in the recap episode is they did what they did to Michigan State defensively. Taiwan Mullen didn't play. <laughs> he was out. And I don't know what his time frame is or when he's expected to be back, but their secondary is still pretty darn good without him. Not as good as they are with him. But this is still a front that can get some stuff done. I'd, Ohio State's probably, almost certainly, going to win this game. Well, I don't know about what, 19 man. points, and I don't know about a total of 60, man. I, I would probably, of all the over-unders, this is probably the one I feel strongest about the under, which means Ohio State will win 69 nothing. Nice. Well, as far as fantasy implications are concerned, the fact that your boy Kenny Walks got me a big fat 8 against Indiana suggests to me that I what's going to happen is... Travion Henderson is going to go off. Because you're not playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, again, it doesn't it doesn't really work that way for me. The only thing is that I've missed out a couple of defenses. Like, I could have had, what, 43 points, you said, from UTSA's defense if yep. I went with them instead of my actual choice. Against of... Luke McCaffrey and Rice. <clears throat> yeah, well. Finally figured out where he landed. Not on his feet. No, you landed in, in a nice, dense bowl of starch. So, <laughs> Well, look, that's what happens. I guess he got wet, and so in order to you know to have the best chance at saving the battery, he had to just get dumped in some rice. <laughs> um, okay, so I neglected to actually preview the schedule for next week. Elsewise, but let me take a quick look here. Oh boy, are we doing that live? Yeah, we're doing it live. Fuck it! Sunday night, or Wednesday night, Sunbelt action, fighting chickens at Appalachian State. Could actually be a game worth watching. Appalachian State has, they've blown a lot of opportunities to to put some teams away. 
Yeah, they should have beaten Miami, but if they had, then that would be probably the most disappointing big non-conference win Michigan State's ever had. So I'm kind of glad that Miami held on to that one. But anyway, you could consider Wednesday night Sunbelt. Yeah, Sunbelt, Funbelt. Looking at the other games in the midweek, i got to be honest. I want to mention San Jose State at UNLV only because you want to tune into the beginning of this one at 11 o'clock to see the giant slot machine they put in on their sideline. I did see... That going around, yes, okay. It's um, like it's like a spirit slot machine, like 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 everybody was like running up to it and like pulling the handle for like good luck before the game. <laughs> yes, man, tradition's got to start. Let it ride. Tradition's got. Oh my god, that would be the best. Like, imagine if I'm if I'm sending out for season tickets next year. It's like, all right, man. Let it ride, UNLV football, twenty twenty two. That's oh, that's beautiful. Just bet them, just bet them money line every week. I'm glad that they're that they're leaning into that, because um, they're otherwise zero and six hosting a three and four San Jose State team. So what are you thinking, bud? Man, um, amazing. They almost beat Fresno. If you want to keep an eye on UConn Huskies, they're playing on CBS Sports Network on Friday night, hosting Middle Tennessee State. They are 15-point home dogs to a 2-4 and four team. Uh, so <laughs> do with that what you will, you fucking sickos. Cincinnati um, at Navy, if you want to follow the number two team in the country on their path to winning out and somehow ending up number five. <laughs> it's going to happen and it's going to be inferior. Or, or they're going to lose and... And, and and we're just not going to want to talk about college football anymore because there they'll is lose no their, because they'll, they'll no you know they're going to lose their conference championship game probably to Memphis somehow and then they're not going to yeah they're not going to go to the playoff because it'll be the last game they'll be like I see there will be no there will be no joy in Mudville is my point <laughs> yeah um, woke forest at Army why woke forest why would you do this to yourself I again as we said with Wisconsin last week I don't know why anyone does it. Um, a low-key, hideous game if you want. One and five, fresh off of breaking the winless streak. UMass going to Florida State, where the Seminoles are 35.5-point favorites. Still a big talent difference there, guys. <laughs> but uh, could be an... No, I'm not going to say interesting. Interesting is way too much of a stretch there. I would keep an eye on Oklahoma State <clears throat> Iowa State. This feels like a spot where, you know... Iowa State was a preseason darling, ranked in the top 10, lost to Iowa, lost again to, what, K-State after that? I don't remember who Iowa State lost to in conference, but anyway, they... I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they lost to Baylor. That's right, and and that honestly is a win that has aged pretty well. Um, But they are... But it certainly seems that Oklahoma is absolutely the class of the Big 12, having discovered the talented quarterback. Now, of course... I don't remember who it was that that, that, that said this, but uh, I, I did see somebody posit that it is peak Texas that they achieved their pinnacle of the season in forcing Oklahoma to play their more talented quarterback. Because <laughs> now Oklahoma's rolling. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, is going to keep rolling until Bedlam happens, where, of course... They will win by some amount. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, that's the crazy thing. Bedlam is crazy. Any type of Oklahoma win could happen. Yeah, I... That I've full cast pegged that one brilliantly five or six years whatever they first yeah Oregon at UCLA is going to be interesting because it's a a, a pretty shaky looking number ten uh, going to Chip Kelly's house yeah and I wonder how much play that game will 
get. Um, it's on ABC. It's a relatively big broadcast there. And it's probably, 3.30. Probably the angle that they're approaching. Yeah, right. They didn't make them kick off at 10.30 p.m. So. Well, and the problem is... It's up against the game that you have to watch, which is Ole Miss at L- Ole Miss against LSU. Yeah, Ole Miss with a zombie coach <laughs> facing a zombie coach in LSU. This is going to be dumb as hell, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and, and it doesn't even it doesn't even matter who they're playing. It's, the it's over under is seventy six. Oh my god! <laughs> and it feels low. Like, isn't that an obvious overplay? LSU's defense has been awful this season. Yeah, forty nine, forty two against Florida. I mean, holy shit! Did you and see them on a hail mary at the end of the half? Yeah, I mean, thirty-one just had his had his had his back to the play the whole time. I'm like, well, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, it's like, bud, the guy, you need to. The ball's coming from behind you there, and, and obviously, Ole Miss's defense can't stop anybody. Let's see if Clemson, the plucky underdogs, can go into Pittsburgh and and take down the mighty number twenty-three Panthers. Yeah, I hope not. Let me get Kenny Pickett in the in the ACC title game again. Come on, let something interesting happen. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, yes, he can. Colorado beat Arizona 34 to nothing last week by the way and man Colorado's been very bad they of course got that 63 point uh, 63 points 63, 63 yard, yard home performance yeah. against Minnesota um but holy shit things are bleak in Arizona uh, you could easily convince me that the Kevin Sumlin era at Arizona was more destructive than the Lovey Smith era at Illinois I don't think there's any question. I wouldn't argue that. I don't think there's any question because his buyout wrecked the athletic. They yeah. can't. They couldn't afford to pay a successor because of how high his buyout was. Yeah, uh, that that was yeah. that was just an absolute <laughs> nuclear warhead that they detonated on themselves. Yeah, it, just mystifying. Um, <clears throat> further down, you've got Brady Hoke's undefeated San Diego State Aztecs hosting Air Force again. That's they have to play that because it's a Mountain West game, so it's not like you can duck the Service Academy in that case. And also the freshly ranked. UTA, UTSA Roadrunners at me, me. 7-0 hosting La Tech. Oh, they almost lost Art Sikowski. <coughs> Frauds. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for lots and lots of passing offense, Western Kentucky. <laughs> Western Kentucky gets literally anybody. Going, yeah, going to a one-win Florida International. <laughs> They're favored by 17 on the road. The over-under in that one is 75 and a half. That's also probably good because Western Kentucky... Does not play any defense and cannot run the ball. Um, that's, I think, about it. USC Notre Dame is going to be boring as hell. Don't watch that game. Um, South Carolina just survived Vanderbilt by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, well, now they have to play a Texas A&M team that has found its footing as Zach Calzada has settled in as their quarterback. So I don't know if I'm going to put that in an interesting category. This feels. I'll say that this NC State Miami game feels like the time of the season when NC State um, stumbles over a rock in the middle of the sidewalk. But at the same time, it's also kind of time for Miami to just think, "All right, this is rock bottom. No, it can get worse." That's true. They're only two and four and zero and two in the ACC, so they could very much. They gotta be thinking this is rock bottom, and you know how it's been when Miami fans think that. I mean, a few years ago they thought that, then they got shut out by Florida International. Yeah. You. Still under Manny Diaz. <laughs> so, I think that really about concludes it. The really the, the only tip-off, or the only kickoff I'm seeing in FBS here after 7.30 is the midnight kick for New Mexico State-Hawaii. Hmm. Interesting. No Pac-12 after dark this year. Well, I mean, Utah-Oregon State starts at 7.30, which, well, it's dark here, so. Well... I mean, I guess there you have a fairly light week for college football. Um, 
Unless, of course, you want to watch Liam Kevin. In which case, every movie is a heavy. Every movie is a heavy. Your source for Big Ken Kong. It's off tackle. Empire!